This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I'm here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. What up, what up? <laughs> Polly's obviously a little rusty. Uh, yeah, remember we used to do that, Polly? Remember that? I would be like, do that. I would intro you and you'd say hello. Oh, <laughs> you didn't. I, I had a little... Uh... I think I had a little delay there. I said, what up, what up? And I guess it didn't come through. Oh, oh okay. All right. Well, either way. <clears throat> Back on track. Paulie's obviously a little rusty after taking the year off last year. Um, but he's back with us now. And that means that we can do Thursday episodes where we just pontificate about whatever we want. And you are our victims. So thanks for tuning in. Thursday. We usually have a segment-based episode. We also stream both episodes on Sunday. If you want to hop in and chirp us on the live stream on Twitter at Caps Chirp, please feel free. It's also on Facebook uh, at Hockey Trolling at Caps Chirp and on the Hockey Podcast Network Facebook as well. So feel free to leave comments and we will absolutely address them in the live stream. The segments are named the Hockey Troll Hip Check and Snack Time. With Polly Cupcakes. So, you know, brilliant titles, I know. And you're all about to be subject to it. For the Hockey Troll Hip Check, I'm going to be talking about Spencer Carberry and him being forced to play your favorite young adult. Not because he wants to, but because he has to. And I'm. it's kind of more just like a Lavi Love segment because I did like Lavi Love. But, Polly, what's yours? Well, just I want to echo that Lavulette, he's he's a stud. Um, yeah, I'm wearing I'm wearing the the Wheeling Nailers hat. He was a Wheeling Nailers coach, and he got inducted into the Wheeling Hockey Hall of Fame last year. And that's where his son plays, actually, uh, Lavulette Junior. But I'm going to be talking about professional women's hockey. Um, lots of new stuff going on, and this is just going to be more of a an appetizer. It'll be a small snack. We'll get into it later in the in the year as the season gets closer, but just some info. Right. Sorry for the uh, neighbors fucking dogs barking. They're I don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're terrible neighbors and dogs. But <laughs> lots of huge mix up with uh pro women's hockey and I can't wait to hear about it. So, what do you say we pop some tabs and get it going? Let's do it. One, two, three. You know, Polly, the biggest challenge for me last year was that I was unable to drink while doing the podcast. I see that you're drinking something. What are you drinking right now? This is a Michelob Ultra infusion. Well, where's the camera? Yeah, it's <laughs> real fruity. I have I have a backup here. I've got a swilled dog pumpkin patch cider as well um the Michelob ultra is left over from our road bowling excursion oh jesus christ i only so we went road bowling caps fans irish road bowling the biggest one in the world is held here in wheeling and 
I kept trying to ask people like, well, you know, what's this like? Like, where are we, you know, details, specific details. And no one could tell me. And the reason is because everybody's blacking out. And <laughs> I realized this after I was done doing the event because yeah, I, I don't really remember anything clearly after arriving. Uh, we got dropped off and um, uh, they just had free, well, as part of the entry fee, they had a little, they had like glizzies, some hot dogs and, and some other assorted foods. And then just tons of beer, all sorts of beer. And there's forced, like you have to stand in line for some of these things to get on a bus to go to the start of the, the competition. And the only thing that you can do is really just talk shit and drink beer. Yeah. And we started in like, like the 75th percentile, you know, we were towards the end. Um, and because our team was so, uh, drunk, we ended up being the, the last one to finish. We kept getting passed. Oh, and we, we threw, we had a terrible score, but, um, we didn't do very good. No, we didn't, but it's, it's a fun event. I mean, it's, you know, for those of you who aren't familiar, Irish road bowling is you start at one part on the road and whoever has the lowest score at the finish line wins. You roll a, a cannonball. It's about the size of a te- uh, baseball and you know, two pound you, shot, two pound shot. It is, it is a heavy hunk of metal that you have to roll. And let me tell you, if you're thinking it's easy to just roll it, it's not. Cause it's like when you're putting, you got to go with the contour of the, of the land and you never know what it's also, it's like on the ice, you never know what bumps you're going to hit and uh, change the direction. It's, it's actually probably a way more involved sport than we realized because we were getting hammered. <laughs> right. Um, right. Yeah. And you fun. walk for miles doing this. Like you, you literally pick up the fucking ball, chuck it and then find it and then mark it and then walk, chuck it again and then walk and find it. Dude, I can't believe we kept the same ball the whole time. Well, you guys are lucky that I found it like four times. <laughs> Dude, I was worthless. Like, pretty, cl- like, maybe after the first 10%, I was maybe like around cognitively. But yeah. after that, yeah, it was, it was lights out 100%. Well, my veteran status, all it did for me was help me find the ball. That was the only thing. Like, my, my throws were awful and I was, I was also quite intoxicated. Yeah. Well, good times. Yeah. All right. They, there, there's events all over West Virginia and I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a few that are, aren't far from the DMV. So if you folks listening are interested, just Google Irish road bowling and you could probably find an event near you. Yeah. Or sign up, come to the wheel and you can drink with poly cupcakes and hockey troll. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's get into the hockey troll hip check uh, before we just sit here and bullshit away all the time. Do it. This is the hockey troll hip check.
Uh, I miss I miss the intro, man. We spent a lot of way too much time making these intros, to be honest. Yeah, we did. <laughs> All right. So for the hockey troll hip check, Caps fans, I just want to I want everyone to know that the Caps organization is on the precipice of losing the best core of players it's ever seen in the history of the team. Okay. We've got a few years left of the Oviera and up until you know, for the entire Oviera past his first couple seasons, it's been win now, right? For the most part. We've been a playoff team. We've had opportunity. We've really wanted to like push through. It has netted us one cup, which is great. Can't hate on that. But we have to realize that when it's win now, and really up to the the only time I've seen management give up in the OV era was last season. Every year, well, I mean, there's memes out there. The Capitals are adding veteran defensemen every year, right? They're adding something. Throughout all of Barry Trotz's tenure, he had flexibility, though not a lot of it, because we were up against the cap, to acquire a big name or a hot guy at the end of the season to help us with the playoffs push. Um, did it always work? No. In fact, rarely did it work. <laughs> but but it worked one. Right. But but you can say that the that management, coaching, the organization was win now and they spent to the cap to make it happen. Now, we're still spending to the cap. The when that that's what happens when you have veteran guys who are making big money, who are a huge part of the team. You know, guys like Kuznetsov, guys like Ovi, Backstrom, John Carlson. Uh, you know, these are very important pieces to the Washington Capitals today and in the past. So they needed to stick around. And at some point, you know, ideally, if COVID never happened, maybe we would have a lot of flexibility with the cap to be able to bring in some more guys and, and really, you know, maybe take the foot off the pedal. I don't think they would have. I think we still would have spent to the te- to the max. But I think that with Carberry in particular, I think that the narrative is unfortunately going to be that, you know, everybody is all these young adults, your favorite young adult is going to get to play, going to get a ton of playing time because, you know, Carberry, he's a young guy. He's in here to mix it up. He's going to play these young players. He's not going to sandbag them like Laviolette did and like Barry Trotz did. Now, I will say Barry Trotz absolutely sandbagged some young guys. He believed that the NHL was not a development league. And I kind of got to agree a little bit with him. He wanted the best out of everyone at night in and night out. And this wasn't a place to learn and it wasn't a team to be learning on, right? You know, go to Arizona, go to Florida, go to, you know, Columbus. That's where you can learn on the fly. You know, even the Rangers during their, their rebuild force feeding guys minutes and just hoping something sticks. That was not where we were in the life cycle of an NHL team. Now we are going to be forced to play Connor McMichael. We need that forward because Pack Ready is out. We need some more fourth line guys. We need some young blue liners to step up because we lost Orlov and we lost uh, Hathaway. Um, so, you know, Hathaway is not a blue liner, but, you know, we lost depth players and we lost big pieces of our center uh, core in Lars Eller and uh, Dmitry Orlov, just a huge piece of the blue line. So we need to fill in with young people and we will. All I'm saying, Caps fans, is 
One, this is not a product of Spencer Carberry being malevolent to the young, you know, young guys and being super into, you know, young players and, and that's his go-to. That's not that's not the case here. If if Spencer Carberry had better players that were veterans, he absolutely would freaking play him. Like, come on. But yeah. what it is, is this is just the timing of the life cycle. So I know that on the bird app and on the internet, people are going to say, Oh, you know, if, if the season goes well and these young guys have breakout seasons, oh, Spencer Carberry is going to be the guy who brought them there and, and put them to the next level and yada yada yada. And I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve that those those props but i am saying that it is more a facet of necessity based upon what our team is at right now rather than a option to sandbag a young guy or get a veteran in or take a young guy out of the lineup Carberry's hands are a little bit tied here and that's why all of you McMichael lovers and Alexiev lovers and, you know, all the guys, all of you who diligently follow the Hershey bears and want to see your guys come up there. A lot of guys are going to get some, get some playing time. I think this season, I think that just because opening night roster and, and beginning roster is set injuries happen, shit happens. People go up, people go down. You're going to see a lot more of that this season. Um, but as far as opening night roster goes, which as of Sunday, when we're recording, there haven't been any additional cuts. Uh, you know, we're still trying to figure out what to do with Anthony Mantha. We're still trying to figure out which young guys are going to get the nod. Um, but whoever comes out on the other end, we're going to be forced to be playing young guys. And again, it's out of necessity, not out of choice for Spencer Carberry. I don't think now he could Prove me wrong. He could be super young guy biased as the season goes on. I don't know. But as of right now, he seems like a pretty smart guy and he wants to get the best players or at least the right players out there on the ice. And I don't think he cares much less about the age of the player. And for two, the second part of my whole diatribe here is, you know what? It's always better to burn out than fade away, right? This is, while it's while it's really a shitty thing to think of the NHL without Alexander Ovechkin, without Nick Baxter, without John Carlson, you know, going hard to the end and then just burning out is much better than doing something like the Vancouver Canucks have done where they, you know, went to the finals with Boston, got beat, uh, you know, lit the whole province on fire and then kind of band-aid kind of made it, you know, limped along, tried to get a, a competitive team together, you know, lost some guys, got some guys, but didn't really go, go for it. I didn't think. Um, and, you know, I think that that's kind of the same with, um, you know, with, with a lot of teams, the Detroit Red Wings, just making that playoff streak last forever. You know, they faded away into obscurity for the past couple of years. Do I think they'll be back? Absolutely. They're the Red Wings, a storied franchise, but, you know, I want the Washington Capitals to spin to the max and go as hard as they can until Ovi is off the team. And then we can talk about blowing it up or, you know, what kind of big name acquisitions we're going to have to make. And, you know, maybe we suck for a couple of years. I don't really want to think about it that way, but that's the way that I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it. What do you think, Paulie? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'd have to agree, you know, if, if, um, 
if Laviolette or Barry Trotz was handed this roster, they would do the same thing. They would play who they had available. And I think that Carberry, if he had a different roster, he probably would put the guys in Hershey to develop as well. If they're not ready to play, you're not going to wait. Like His job is on the line. The, the franchise's season is on the line. He's not going to – it's not like he's – it's not like he's got a good freshman class and he's got four years to win a national championship. Right. He's in the NHL and he's got to win a cup right now. And so like the whole NHL was in developmentally developmental league. That's exactly true. That's why they have the minor leagues. You know, it's, it's ridiculous that people, I mean, maybe, maybe they could have given some of the younger guys more time once the caps, officially gave up last year but in general i mean you put guys in hershey until they're ready for washington that's the whole point of the system so i agree people don't i mean it's it's great if we love our coach but you don't need to be applauding him for playing the younger guys when really it's just he's playing with the best he has available yeah and i'm not trying to take away from whatever accomplishments, hopefully huge, great, amazing accomplishments that he's going to do this yeah. next season with his young players. I'm just saying that really what Laviolette was presented at the uh, first, at the first, uh, you know, his first year is a far different team than what Spencer Carberry is being presented today. That's all. Yeah. And by necessity, he's going to have to play these young guys. And I'm here for it. I'm 100% here for it. I've always said that I think that being drafted by the Washington Capitals with dreams of being a top six forward in the NHL, that has to be a crushing blow. Like, you know, you have to know that your work is going to be cut out for you because like four, even five of those spots every year, year in or year out, are untouchable. Sometimes even six. You know, how many times has the Washington Capitals had two great top forward top two forward lines so no you're gonna have to go on there and beat some guys up and take your take your lumps on the fourth and third line and prove yourself as an NHLer before you can get that top six shot or right. you move on and become Chandler Stevenson and go win a cup with Vegas I don't know <laughs> no shit happens <clears throat> anyways um shout out AJ Howard what up we're back we're back um any fantasy he says any fantasy this year or you tired of losing to me i don't know what kind of fantasy you're living in bud but (laughs) i don't know i don't know what you're talking about i probably won't be running hockey trolls uh super league but uh i know the network has one i'm actually abstaining from fantasy this year paulie do you have a fantasy hockey lineup uh no i haven't uh I haven't joined any leagues. It it can be quite draining. It is. I I will say though, if you are trying to follow the league and like let's say you're a new new to hockey. If you're new to hockey and you really really want to learn about hockey and about the league and the personnel and the players and who's good and who's not on different teams, join a fantasy league. Yeah. And fantasy honestly, always- put some money behind it so that you have to, so that you feel like you have to research this stuff and that is the quickest way for you to learn about guys you've never even fucking heard of. Yeah. I, I would have to say that, you know, fantasy has definitely driven my knowledge of players. Um, of course, with me figuring or me discovering puck Doku a couple of months ago, I've learned 
how many uh how many things i don't know that i should know um like almost every time the nhl posts like a a retirement post and they're talking about how many teams these guys have played for i'm like shit i could use that two days ago on puck doku but (laughs) yeah i mean he's uh aj's right that it's it's a worse grind than nfl because you can be into it every single day. I mean, you can set your lineup for a week, but there's injuries. And especially with goalies, guys getting, you never know who's going to be the starter and whatnot. And yeah, it's tough. Yeah. And like, I'm getting like PTSD of hockey fantasy because, you know, it's, it's like the coach surprise, like you get a fucking Tortorella out there, surprise benches, a goalie who you were like hundred percent going to start benches it and then you have to make up because most fantasy leagues have like a three game minimum that you have to play your goalies in and if you don't get your three games the whole whatever usually it's four three to four categories that just you take l's on so yeah oh we got a comment from um our number one groupie oh yeah fuck buddy elizabeth henry yeah, saying I'm shit at fantasy. Well, that's not completely untrue, but I have won the Hockey Troll Super League before. You have. You have won. I think it was like the first year or something. No, no I think the first year or two, I dominated the regular season and lost the first round of the playoffs. Ooh, and then finally, I, it was like it was like Washington Capitals, man. I, right. I was having dominant regular seasons, and then the year that I squeak into the playoffs, I won the cup. There it is. There it is. Well, maybe next season. I don't know. Fantasy's tough, man. It is a grind. It is a grind. Speaking of grind, speaking of fantasy, though, DraftKings Sportsbook is the best sportsbook that you could ever find. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score two thousand dollars, two hundred sorry, two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game this October. Polly, I know last week or on Monday we discussed the Commanders sucking, the Raiders suck. Who do you think is going to win? I mean, there's no Tom Brady. Is Tom Brady? He's out of the league, right? No, he's he's finally gone. We have we have a Brady-less league. We have a Brady-less league. Um, you know, yes, it was a good segue to my Brady, <laughs> which we're still in, AJ. Uh, I've been doing this quite a while. I'm pretty good at it. Um, but what? who's winning the Super Bowl? Uh well, it's my very my very early prediction and probably most people's favorite, Kansas City. Really? Chiefs again. Okay. Yeah. They've been in it and won it the last couple. Yeah, you know, I think they've been in the last like four and won two of them. Um and as a they're they're a division rival with the Raiders, so it's very frustrating to watch, but I think Travis Kelsey might get that Taylor Swift bump and have a, a career year, which he already has like Hall of Fame numbers. Um, right. Yeah, they're they're just so they're such a good team. It's so frustrating. So Kansas City would be my 
my you know if i put money on that i'd i'd bet a hundred and i'd make a dollar because they're just probably that big of favorites but you would do it on DraftKings sportsbook wouldn't you that's the only place i would do it absolutely aj howard says baker mayfield in tampa obviously i think he's you know i don't know it's that's some florida shit there anyways Caps fans, get in on the game day greatness. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play it responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort Kansas City. License E, partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 and over age, varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario, Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right. I worked up an appetite with that, Polly. I got something in the oven for you. Mm, it's snack time. Polly cupcakes. <laughs> Holy fuck! We had to really blow the dust off that that sound bite. Yeah. Did you miss that? that? So sweet. I missed it. I missed it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So my first note on the segment is. Mmm, snack time is back. Let's go. Yeah. So, you know, like I said in the the intro, I'll get into this deeper later in the season, but just kind of a, you know, what's happened so far and more of a a surface look here because I haven't been too in in all the news, but we've got a new women's hockey league. It is the Professional Women's Hockey League. And it is, um, you know, the it's coming off of the PWHPA, which has been running for the last couple of years, which was, you know, where most of the Olympic athletes were, at least for North America. And, um, uh, you know, they had left the former NWHL, which became the PHF. They had left it because it, they didn't feel like it was stable. They weren't making enough money. Well, the ownership group for this league purchased the PHF in the off season and it has since dissolved. Um, and so they ended up having a draft for this new year or this new, this new league and PHF players were eligible as long as well as the PWHP. I mean, really any, any women's hockey player that wanted to could um, declare for the draft. So the season is scheduled to start in January of 2024. And we're going to start off with six teams, three on each side of the border, Boston, New York, and then up in the Twin Cities. And I think they're just going to be called Minnesota 
whatever. And then we've got Toronto, Montreal, and Ottawa. Um, no team names have been released, and I don't know logos or anything. And so we have the rosters, though. And it started off with a pre-draft. Each team got to have three free agents they could sign. You following me? Yeah. So, well, just to back it up real quick. So, like, basically, and I, I am, I am, I'm not ingrained enough to know if this is like good for women's hockey. But basically, for the past three or four years, a new league has sprouted up with remnants of the old league. The old league from the previous year folds, and then that gets rolled into a new league. This last year, though, there was the PHF and the um, the uh, what like the, the another women's league that traveled around, right? Yeah, the PWHPA. They they would um, basically every couple weeks they'd have kind of like a showcase in a different town, right? And they had, but they had like you know they were Toronto teams. They were like a team with a home uh, city. Now every time that this happens, they they and and so both of those leagues are now defunct. But they're still the cool thing that I think they're going to do is much like how major leagues in the United States and like, you know, especially like baseball in the thirties and in the twenties, they're still going to like use teams, cities, and probably some of their throwback like logos and maybe even the same name of previous leagues. And they're just going to roll them in. So, you know, talk about mergers and acquisitions, I guess, like, you know, basically old shell companies are getting thrown to the wind, old leagues. And now they're just kind of, um, you know, having investors fight it out, which, you know, sounds to me like it's probably a good thing because how do you win the bid? You bring more money, more assets, more opportunity to the league, right? Yeah. And I, I believe that they're going to have better contracts than the PHF had. Um, Since the, the ownership of this league purchased the PHF, I assume that any, team names that they want to reuse, they would have the right to. Right. Um, so in the, in the previous league, they had just added uh, Montreal for its first season this past year. Toronto was in its second season and there was no Ottawa team. There was not, there wasn't a New York team, but there was the Metropolitan Riveters, which I believe was in New Jersey. So, um, okay. you know, uh, so, I mean, it'd be nice to see at least some of the team names get reused and, you know, every team had their, every team got three free agents coming into the season. So they could just um, sign, right? So these people, yeah. they could sign these people. Okay. Yeah. They're pre-draft acquisitions. So okay. Boston went with Megan Keller, Aaron Frankel and Hillary Knight. And, ooh, ooh, yeah. celebrity crush Hillary Knight for Polly. Yeah, celebrity crush Hillary, if you're listening, if you're listening, Polly will leave it all. Yeah, I will. No, I won't. I won't. Uh, um, but you know, Hillary, when she played in the women's league in the end, so she played in the CWHL, 
and then ended up going to the NWHL, and she did play for Boston when she was there. So, you know, I'm sure the fans are excited about that. Um, Minnesota signed Kelly Panic, Kendall Coyne Schofield, and Lee Steckline. Nice. Montreal kept it completely Canadian with uh, Anne Renee Debien in net, Laura Stacy, and Marie Philippe Poulin, which is the uh, captain for Team USA. That basically, whenever Canada beats them, she seems to be either scoring or assisting that goal. And then Wait, New York. Canadian or Poulin. American? Marie Philippe Poulin. She's for Team Canada. She's the captain yeah. for Team Canada. Okay, yeah. I thought you said yeah. captain for Team USA. Oh no, she no, she's the one who when Canada beats USA, it's usually she's involved in the goal. Oh yeah, right. Cause I think I think she actually has a golden goal against USA in both Olympics and World Championships. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. Studs. All these names, like, you know, I recognize them. They're all well established players. Yeah, I think most of them are on the Olympic teams that I've yeah. said so far. Um, New York, they went with Alex Carpenter, Micah Zandy Hart, and Abby Roke or Abby Rock. She's uh she's one of the, the big time defensemen for Team USA. Ottawa went with Emily Clark, Emerence Maskmeyer, and Brianne Jenner. And then uh, finishing it up, Toronto, Blair Turnbull, Renata Fast, and Sarah Nurse. So, you know, they got to stack their teams with these first three. Probably these people would have been um, towards the beginning of the draft if they were eligible. But, you know. Uh, right, but are you – like it seems stupid to do like – have like Sarah Nurse – or Poulin go in like the third round, <laughs> you know? What oh I mean? yeah. They wanted to secure those people. Um, right. Yeah. I mean that list right there probably would have been the first round and a half, first two rounds. Right. Um, and then I found this really helpful spreadsheet. Uh, her Twitter name is just Rachel at our Miriam. And she has literally everything that's happened with the rosters. So, uh, you know, just if you want to look more into it, uh, some of the stats I'm bringing up here, but the, so, you know, we talked about how it was a, it was a league merger and this is the way the breakdown happened within the draft. 33 picks were actually former PHF players. A lot of people on Twitter have been very upset, um, basically saying this was like a hostile takeover the the players who run who were in the PWHPA are just like phasing out all these other players, taking them out of the job. But you know they had the highest percentage of picks in this draft. Thirty six point seven percent came from the PHF. So a lot of the uh, names that women's hockey fans know will be in this league. Twenty six came from the PWHPA. 26 were rookies coming out of the NCAA. And then there were um, three and yeah, there were three coming from 
Europe and a couple that are from Canada in other development programs. But it's it's a pretty good spread of where the talent came from, both leagues, college. Uh, I mean, a lot of them are on their respective international teams. Um, the very first pick in PW, PWHL history was Taylor Heisey. She's going to Minnesota. And, you know, they're, from what I understand, they're, you know, they're repping the Twin Cities, so they're just going to be Minnesota. And the, in the PHF, Minnesota was the white, they were the Minnesota Whitecaps. They, they didn't pick a city. They just repped the state. That's cool. So, um, yeah, I mean, league's coming in January. Keep an eye out for what they name the teams. And I'm not sure how many are. I thought the season was going to be a 30-something game season. Oh, shit. That's um, a lot compared to what it's compared to the past. That's like, you know, it's like an NCAA full season. Yeah. Yeah. It's plenty of games, especially starting in January. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, Wait, it'll probably do wrap you have any up. Idea where you, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I said, do you do you know where we you can watch them? You know, I'm not sure. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they'll be on ESPN Plus or anything or something like that. Um, I know they they covered it on the Canadian. What was it TSN? Is their ESPN affiliate? Yeah. I, I um, know the the draft was on TSN. And I think it was also on the NHL Network. So I would keep an eye out for ESPN Plus and the NHL Network because ESPN Plus did have the PHF on last season, you know, and with with this league buying the PHF, you know, it, um, it seems likely that ESPN would cover the new league. Another thing that I've seen that is positive for this new development is the NHL and Gary Bettman said that they weren't interested in throwing their support behind two competitive, two competing leagues. Now that there's only one league, the NHL and their owners may be doing similar to what the NBA does with the WNBA. And I, I believe they subsidize them and help out with, you know, everything. I mean, whatever, whatever they do help out with, Hopefully the NHL will get behind it and it may lead to more teams, more exposure. Um, I mean, I, I think there's a lot, a lot of good that can come here. And, you know, I think with when, with the season starting in January, I don't know if that's going to be an every year thing or just because they had to put it all together, but it looks like they'll probably wrap up just in time for women's worlds. So there'll be a, a lot going on and it, will probably be one of the better women's worlds they've had because everybody's going to be coming out of being in season shape instead of a couple weeks of training camp. Right. That's awesome. So huge moves for North American professional women's hockey. Uh, I really hope that it, it, it takes off and finally gets some, you know, some structure uh, and some solid foundation that they can build upon and it seems like they really already have that. It it just it just seems like this kind of business thing where they're you know killing a league, bringing another one up uh, just to get it off off the ground. But the 
incredible like amount of, and we talk about this every Olympics, the women's teams from across the world, the incredible amount of improvement that you see from four years is pretty mind blowing at how much better the women's game has gotten from even eight years ago, even four years ago. Yeah. So really looking forward to it. Good stuff, Polly. Um, and you know, Hillary Knight, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the pod. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hillary Knight, please come let us interview you and make us look stupid with how much better you are at media than us. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Cause all of these, uh, a lot of these women have like all sorts of different careers that they're kind of pursuing. I know that, uh, Sarah nurse was offered something at the all-star game to help with the Florida Panthers. I mean, uh, you know, additionally, there's been a couple historical benchmarks set in the preseason with a female bench boss, which is awesome to see. Um, yeah. You know, I, I definitely think that there's, I think hockey is a unique sport because uh, the girls and the, and the guys game is pretty equally translated, right? Like if you've got speed and you've got hands in today's game and you're just, you're a girl, you can still, you know, go out there and play with the best of the men. Yeah. Um, so that's just my take on it. You know, if you're going to be a fucking hater, like, I don't know, go fuck yourself. Like hockey's sick. So I'd love to have everybody kind of enjoy that. And then also, you know, it's crazy because we were talking to Carl Alsner about his involvement with other leagues and things and talking to people who are starting things up. Uh, and he was talking to one of the women athletes and, he, she was like, winning the Stanley Cup was never a dream of mine. Like, I already knew I was out of that club from the beginning. Yeah. And he said that was pretty impactful for him. And honestly, it makes sense, right? You know, all the boys that are out there, you know, playing street hockey, they're lifting the cup. Uh, you know, I think that it's kind of just in your face at that point that the girls will never have that opportunity, right? I mean, technically. Uh, yeah. We have seen uh, Manon Rion was played a preseason game for the Lightning back in the '90s and the early 2000s, uh, but yeah, I mean it's it's likely never going to happen. Well, <clears throat> the the PHF their Stanley Cup was the Isabel or the Isabel Cup, and that is Lord Stanley's daughter. Um, I think it'd be pretty cool. If they, I mean, she's actually, I believe, recognized as like one of the first female pioneers of the game. Mm. Maybe she was, she may even be the first woman to have played hockey on record. Um, but it'd be really nice if they kept that going. What, what was that scowl for? <laughs> the, the first women, woman on record to ever play hockey, or what do you mean? Well, I don't mean, it, you know, it would have been in the late 1800s. I mean, you know, oh, I see. She, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, she may have been the first woman who was like they let play because people were dicks back then. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, right, right. um, I think it'd be really cool if they kept that name because it's you know it coincides with the Stanley. You know, it's connected. I, I think that's pretty cool. Um, the only thing you have to think about is, do you like erase the past? champions or do you just you know 
detach their names from the cup and put it on its own pedestal as history and then restart. I don't know. Well, that's not how they did it with the Stanley Cup. They just kept adding. Yeah, true. They retired rings. So I would be down with that, you know, um, just taking rings off. And, hey, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the names are already etched on there. So keep it going. Well, and one more note I forgot to add. Um, One player who decided not to declare for the draft was Amanda Kessel. She is, you know, working in the office for the the Penguins, and she's taking at least, you know, I believe she's also sitting out from Team USA. That may not be true, or maybe it'll change, but she decided not to play in the women's league, and she's going to um, pursue her career off the ice, at least for now. I guess maybe see where it goes, but that's definitely what that's definitely the biggest American name who decided to forego the women's league because she's been playing in the PWHPA for years. Right. Right. Um, I saw her this last season in person, um, got a stick signed by her. Uh, my daughter had, a the penguins do since we're closest to the Pittsburgh penguins, as far as major hockey clubs, uh, my kid goes and does like the learn to skate. And because she was a girl, they were having an all girl skate at PPG paints. And that was pretty cool. Having a couple yeah. of Olympians out there and running a clinic. Yeah. It's pretty great. They do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, is that it Polly? Yeah. For now, stay tuned for more women's hockey and I'll definitely be talking college hockey, which just had its opening weekend this past weekend. Um, side note for you Caps fans, which probably is the only people listening. Um, uh, former Capital Mike Knubel, his son, Cole, he's playing college hockey now for the University of Notre Dame. So if you want to feel old, Mike Knubel's kid is playing college hockey. <laughs> For real. And also, if you didn't know, Polly is just a poorly misguided Notre Dame fan. Well, that is true. And I, I wouldn't have known, except I saw something, I mean, because I followed Notre Dame's hockey, you know, a tweet about him or something. And I was like, wait a minute, I know that name. <laughs> um, yeah, but, you know, it's not, it's pretty cool to see the generational guys going. Um, there's a, this is not caps related at all, but Andrews Bjork, who played for Notre Dame, he's in the NHL. Now his little brother plays for Notre Dame. Their dad played for Notre Dame in the seventies. Yeah. I just wonder what, uh, what kind of stuff are they drinking at night that they can get their, their genes to this level where they're (laughs) repeating great hockey careers. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, that I mean the hockey families are strong. You know the Strom boys; they're they're there. Obviously, the Stalls, oh, Kachucks, the Kachucks, right? So there's a pedigree for sure. Um, but uh, you know, I guess that pedigree typically gets ruined once you commit to Notre Dame. I don't know, man. They've almost won a national championship a couple times. <laughs> yeah. 
Horseshoes and hand grenades. That's where it almost counts. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, a little bit of a, a tangent there, but Capstans, thanks for tuning in. This is our first Thursday episode. I promise we'll get better or we'll get worse. Who knows? There's really no standards here. Um, and if you liked us, please tune in for next next week's stuff on, on Monday and Thursday. Every week, Monday and Thursday, we'll be dropping epis. We'll live stream on Sunday if you want to come in and chirp us. That'd be awesome. Until Monday, though, Caps fans, Hockey Troll, Polly Cupcakes, signing off. Bye. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at Hockey Podnet on social, and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.